Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. So who can stop Steph Curry? Hopefully we'll never find out. We certainly did not find out last night. 50 for the babyface assassin to close out the Kings on the road. We relive every bucket that put him on a list that only has one name on it. We're going to explain. Plus, from the Bay to L.A., it's a rivalry that has defined basketball for almost a decade. It's LeBron versus Steph. Ooh, baby, it does not get any better than this. And then from one coast to the other, Sixer Celtics game one. It is tonight. So Woj has the latest on Joel Embiid's status. All that and more. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's, Richard Jefferson, Ramona Shelburne. You guys, this is one of the days I, I truly feel lucky yes. that we get to sit up here and talk about basketball after that performance last night. It, it was insane. I was lucky to be in Sacramento okay, yesterday. Now, now you're that. bragging. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we've gone one step too far. We're going to get to Steph Curry in just a little bit, but we start with our ESPN senior insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, because, Woj, we are four and a half hours for tip-off of game one between the Sixers and the Celtics. So what is the latest on Joel Embiid's availability for this game? Uh, Malika, I'm told that Joel Embiid is unlikely to play in Game 1 against the Celtics tonight in Boston. He did get on the floor today at the Sixers shoot-around and then uh, worked out afterward, uh, was able to move better. There has been improvement, and I'm told there is optimism uh, that Joel Embiid could make his return for Game 2 on Wednesday, but... The, Knicks, the Sixers are preparing to be without him tonight in game one with that sprained knee. Okay, unlikely that we see Joel Embiid tonight. Woj, thank you. Please do not go too far. We'll see you back a little bit later in the show. But this will actually be the 22nd postseason series between the 76ers Ooh. and the Celtics. That's by far the most matchups that we've seen between any two teams in playoff history. So as we bring Perk into the conversation, Boston has won 14 of these previous matchups, including five straight. But Ramona, I'm going to start with you here. We heard the Woj the latest from Woj, but how is the team thinking and approaching this? Yeah, I mean, they're preparing to be without him tonight, and I think it was was telling that he got on the court and let his teammates see him out there, let him see that he's going through some workouts. Now, he did a private workout after the team went through shoot-around, and he pushed himself, and I think the final determination will come in a couple of hours because he wants to see how he feels after the workout that he did with his private trainer, Drew Hanlon, after the Sixers shoot-around. The issue with Embiid right now is a he's got to heal from this injury and he's had a variety of treatments for to, to treat the sprained LCL here but you have to let the injury heal and then you have to build your conditioning back up because while you're out with this knee injury he hasn't been able to do much cardio so and so how are you going to play in a playoff game when you a are still healing and b need to build your cardio back up you mentioned a variety of treatments Ramona what types of treatments are we looking at because in some cases right yeah. sometimes things get worse before they get back. Yeah, and that means it's working. That, that's that's normally how you treat that kind of a knee injury is you have 
have uh, you, the, the type of treatments that you do is uh, it, it almost makes it um, swell and feel and feel stiffer and, and worse at first. Right. And you have to rest it. And I think that's what. And while he's resting, you're not able to push yourself from a conditioning standpoint. Interesting. And so I think with Joel, he wants to play. Like he he really wants to get out there on that court, but and, and the sense was maybe if they had enough time for this game one, Boston obviously lost to the Hawks and bought them some more time. But there's a there's a lot more optimism for game two than there is for game one. But let's see. He wants to see how he feels in a couple hours before game time. Sure. So when we look at this, Richard, when we're talking about the playoffs, obviously we're looking at who's the best player on the floor, but also depth comes into account here. So who are you looking at to step up if he's unable to go? Well, I'm looking at James Harden, and I'm not a big and unless a players off the court stuff you get in trouble I don't care what a player does I will say this Joel Embiid was injured you know in the the third game against Brooklyn so you so you kind of understand that he might be hobbled so if you're the veteran player if you're James Harden if you do have a history of underperforming in the postseason Mm -hmm. even though you're an MVP you're a first ballot Hall of Famer I don't know if going to Vegas in your in-between time, even if you have four days. I don't know if that's a good idea. Now, let me tell you about the, the players that I have played with in the postseason. I played with LeBron James. I played with Jason Kidd. I played with Vince Carter, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Dirk Nowitzki. All of these guys I've played with in the postseason. I can say that none of them during the time in which I played with them would be taking trips to Vegas to go party. It's Especially, and I'm not saying he was drinking. I'm not saying he was doing anything. All I'm saying is the six hours that it takes from you to get from one destination to the next, the swelling, the, the, the inflammation that it causes on your body, you don't travel unnecessarily unless you need to. So all eyes are on James Harden. If there is no Joel Embiid, James Harden, if he goes out there and, and doesn't play well, everyone's going to be looking at, well, yeah. what are you doing? Well, what, are, what is your behavior like? We've seen him going right. to strip clubs right after, right after they, they lose in the post season and I'm not here to judge any of that but all eyes are on his performance and how he handles it. It's the microscope and that's the video Mm -hmm. that we just showed is James Harden in Las Vegas. Let's bring Kendrick Perkins back into this conversation. Perk who are you looking at to step up if Joel Embiid is not able to go? Well well, first of all Richard I, I totally disagree with you on this and I think we have to stop we have to really stop looking at James Harden and expecting him to be the James Harden of Houston. Like, he has shown us throughout the last three years that he is transitioning over to not being that guy. And I get it. Joel Embiid is out. I understand all that. But he's not the James Harden that's going to go out there and average 36 or even average 30 throughout the course of this series. That's not who he is. Now, do he have to elevate his game a little bit offensively and be more offensively aggressive and be more efficient? Yes. But to me, the young superstar that is on this team is Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey is who I'm looking at. We have to realize this. Coming out of high school, Tyrese Maxey was one of those dudes. Coming out of college, Tyrese Maxey was that guy. Tyrese Maxey mm-hmm. dropped in the draft. It wasn't because of his skill set. It was because of some other issues that teams may have had with him, which I don't know what. But at the end of the day, he has shown us time and time again that he's ready to take that leap. And just like we are watching guys like, you know, we seen, I saw Desmond Baines have some good game, good games for us in the Lakers series. We saw the, the emergence of De'Aaron Fox this postseason. We saw Malik Monk 
ball out at certain, in certain instances in this postseason. I think we're going to see Tyrese Maxey do the same. And I think it's time for us to put it to bed that we keep having these high expectations for James Harden to elevate and be this superstar that he was or this MVP caliber player that he was in Houston. He's not that player no more. And it's actually okay. I would rather him defer to Tyrese Maxey and let him go out there and get 20 to 25 shot attempts. Now, now Perk, let, let me be very, very clear. I never referenced that he needs to be James Harden of Houston. I never said that he needed to be MVP James Harden. It was who all the eyes are. And if Maxey is going to go and get 25 shots, then the league leader in assist is going to be involved in that, right? I'm just saying, the league leader in assist, like a, a guy like James Harden who can lead the league in assist, who also averages 20 points a game, who we were talking about as an all-star this year, and if he hadn't missed as much time, would have been an all-star and probably deserved to be an all-star. So I'm saying not the MVP candidate James, Hall, uh, James Harden, I'm saying the all-star James Harden. Those are the expectations that are on him. I'm not expecting him to go for 40, but I'm expecting him to shoot 45%. 38% from three. I expect him to shoot uh, above those numbers that we just saw on the screen. So just to be clear, I'm not expecting him to turn back the hands of time. I am expecting him to have an up performance, especially when because of the TMZ video, because of that video, all eyes are going to be on him. What are you doing in the offseason? That's the only thing I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but but RJ, let me ask you this. And, and you know I love you to death. You may not love me, but I love you like that, that's brother. That's pretty accurate. We're going to have a disagreement <laughs> right here. Nah, nah, whatever. But listen, we didn't have, we didn't play with a lot of franchise guys and a lot of Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers. Everybody don't handle situations the same. I know guys that actually went golfing throughout the course of the playoffs. I know guys that actually lived in the club and was able to produce. Hell, we just saw the Last Dance documentary where Phil Jackson actually wanted Dennis Rodman <laughs> to go to Vegas and Take live his best life <laughs> to get the best version out of him. All I'm saying is, is that some people are different. We have known since James Harden arrived in Houston that he was a party animal. We know that he has left games, playoff losses, perk, perk, and went quick. to the club and has been seen on... Real, real, real quick, I just want to say I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not calling out James Harden. I am not saying that. We've been around you players. That, were. No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> no because the question was who are all the eyes going to be on? And I'm like, well, the all eyes are going to be on the former MVP, mm -hmm. the guy that is going to be setting up everybody, especially without, especially without Joel Embiid, especially because there was a video of him in Vegas doing whatever whatever he wants to do as an adult in Vegas right before the postseason. That means all eyes are going to be on him. I'm not – if he needs to do that to go be an MVP, if he needs to do that to be an all-star, I, I that's on him. But it doesn't mean that all eyes aren't going to be on him. That's the issue, and that's what we're going to be seeing. In the seven regular season games without Embiid this year, James Harden, he averaged just over 20 points and nine assists per game. So we'll see if he can step up tonight because, as our Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting, it is unlikely that Joel Embiid is going to play. Okay. We've waited long enough. Coming up here Let's on NBA go. Today, Let's we go. got to get to the Warriors. I mean, they've struggled on the road all year long, but Chef Curry, he gave a speech and then was cooking. What was the most impressive part of his performance? Was it the most impressive in his career? Our panel weighs in. Plus, the Heat 
They took game one from the Knicks in dominant fashion. Richard, are they the hottest team in the league right now? Oh, yeah, they're the hottest team by far. Well, also, did you see what Jamal Murray did to the Suns? We preview tonight's pivotal game two in just a couple of minutes. Is this a must win, Ramona? We discuss after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. NBA Today is presented by Levi's. Celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. It was just an instant Curry classic. 50 points in a game seven. How about we watch every single one of them? This is how it went down. You were in the building last night in Sacramento. Steph Curry. Turn off the cameras, Kings fans. (laughs) About to have some PTSD. Watch all 50 of these. Not 49, not 51, a 50 piece. Okay, so you see that scoop shot, that little short game there? He practices these, and you think he's goofing around in practice, right? You think all the high shots, the floaters. So as much as there were seven threes, but there were 22 points in the paint. That part was hard. That's the part that's the most difficult when you watch him is because he only had one turnover. One turnover. The the Warriors only had seven. If they're not turning over the ball, it's going to be a problem for you offensively. But he was so impressive in this. I was watching clips from back in 2016 of him going against Braun because that's everywhere. He looks so much stronger now than he did then. He is a stronger, better player now than he was when he was winning the MVPs. I have to say, I I was impressed with how Sacramento weathered the storm particularly early. When you when you make a shot like that, there's that was really ridiculous. This shot right here is it. ridiculous. But Davion Mitchell's right on him. Early on, it <laughs> felt like okay, this is when the Kings inexperienced yep. show. No, this is when. This is when. And they stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it. Steph Curry had to explode in this performance in order to get this going, particularly because it kind of felt like nobody else was. You know, literally no one else was. Clay Thompson was four for 19 in this game. People were missing free throws. The Warriors barely shot 60% in free throws in this game. But they had stuff. How many times have you covered them over the years? Wait, 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 You're wait, like, wait, they wait. have stuff. It's okay. And they have Kevon Looney. Can we give a shout-out to our guy, Kevon Looney? 21 boards, 10 offensive rebounds. That was disrespectful what he was doing on the glass. Back-to-back games doing that. Like, the, the guy has been so impressive, and 
I'm going to say this. His 21 rebounds, 11, 11 points, is not all, is not as impressive as Steph's 50 because we see it, but like talking about a player bringing his best yep. when his best is needed, mm -hmm. that is on the exact same tier as what Steph did. So we always talk about the Warriors' third quarters. They usually, that's usually when they zoom past teams. Yep. They did that in this third quarter, but in a completely different way. They had 13 offensive rebounds in one quarter, and Kevon Looney had seven of them. He was chasing that 50 ball. I mean, was, look at him, look at Trina. Like, oh, come on. Got four players. Steph Curry, 50 points in a game seven, the most ever. Let's take a listen to how it sounded after the game. Steph was, he was elite. He did what he was supposed to do. He put these guys on his back and he said, We're not losing tonight. Three pointer. Scoop layup is up. It's good. Out of foul. Oh, a circus shot from Steph Curry. There's a reason he's a two-time MVP, a Finals MVP, is because he uh, pushes us over the top in moments like this. Gosh, what an incredible performance. This is a Game 7 I'll forever remember as the Steph Curry game. I mean, he's one of the greatest players ever. He makes tough shots, he gets in the lane, he's able to finish. Uh, he did everything for them tonight. We played over 30 series, and this is our fifth Game 7, so they're rare. When you have rare situations, rare players do rare things. And Steph Curry was that tonight. He doesn't surprise me. Um, we all take him for granted because he's brilliant night after night, and we've been watching this for 10 years. And we just, you know, you just have to remind yourself every once in a while, big picture, this is one of the great players in the history of the game. So who can stop Steph Curry? Hopefully we'll never find out. So if Steph Curry is a walking bucket, then our very own Kendrick Perkins is a walking thesaurus. And Perk, I know that you could have 50 words, yeah. right, to describe each one of Steph Curry's 50 points. But if you had to pick just one, what would that one word of the day be for Steph? Well, since his performance was legendary and since Steph is an iconic figure and we watch greatness, I got to tie him to greatness. And so I got to tie him to Jay-Z, the one and only. Hope. And he said it in one of his verses, okay? Vamoose. And that means quickly depart. And that's to the haters, like myself. Get out the way. Leave quickly and depart from hating on Steph Curry. Because listen, when the man goes out there in the game seven and deliver 50 piece in great fashion, and it wasn't what he did, it's how he did it. Again, it goes down the line to 35 to 40 of those points was much needed in crucial situations. Mm. And they also was at, at a time where he had to stop runs and keep them in the course of the game when Clay didn't have it going and also build the lead and was staying the run from Sacramento. And he single-handedly dominated this game at 6-2. We don't see 6-2 guys dominate the game the way that he did with his offensive presence. So Vamoose, yeah, that's the word for the day. Yeah. You know what, Perk? I, I didn't know what Depart. I expected Get you to say, but Vamoose was not yeah. at the top of my list. I, I appreciate that. I'm just going to Vamoose now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> an all-time performance from Steph Curry last night. And looking at the box score, seeing 50, that's one thing, right? But then you have to take a look at his shot chart. And this is just 
a whole different level because we expect the three-pointers, right? He took a career-high 38 shots in 38 minutes, fired from all over the floor. He tied an NBA record with seven made three-pointers in Game 7. By the way, that's the third time that he's hit that mark alone. He also had, as Richard Jefferson mentioned, a career-high 22 points in the paint. So for all of this, we need to welcome Tim Legler back to the show. Tim, it has been too long, but this is the perfect day for you to be here because of all the things that Steph Curry did, what is what impressed you the most? Yeah, so Malika, look, when Steph Curry is long gone from the game and you start putting that Rolodex of highlights in your head, you're always going to be obviously thinking about the deep shooting, right? That's the signature of what Steph Curry is all about. I want to focus on his ability to finish shots inside the paint in traffic either hand, the creativity, the touch, the finesse, because some of the shots he made in this game, I just don't think we're appreciating enough. I mean, we've talked about it, we've showed it, but when you look at the degree of difficulty on these shots, if he was alone in the gym, or maybe not Steph Curry, but just about every other guy in the league, and you shot some of these floaters with nobody in the gym, they would be difficult shots. To do this in traffic, in this moment when you've got a guy on your hip and a backline defender waiting on you and then you still have the ability even here as you're falling to the ground to have the concentration to continue to focus on the target to make it and we've seen Steph Curry make these kinds of shots in a game I don't think I've ever seen him make that many in the same game and for a guy this good to, to take this moment at 35 years old to give you the full array of shot making in his arsenal in one moment. Mm. That's what we watched yesterday, and that's why it is so mind-blowing. I think Steph Curry's had more important games, uh, and I think game four last year against Boston, sure. down 2-1, 40-plus on the road to get them even. That, to me, will always be the marquee game for Steph Curry's career. But And there's been others. But this is the one I think that, for me, showed the entire skill set in a 48-minute package. Um, if you want to find out who Steph Curry is, you never heard of him, pop in the six minutes of him making shots yesterday, and you're going to get a great idea of why this is the most all-around skilled offensive player I think this league has seen. Yeah, I agree with you, Tim. I was going over it in my head last night, and I was thinking, you know, there may be more impressive shots that he's hit. I'm thinking the OKC shot. I'm thinking that shot a couple of years ago against the Pelicans in the corner. I'm thinking about some of his games uh, against Houston in the playoffs but this has to be up there Tim please do not go too far we're not done diving into this performance we'll see you back here shortly but here's the thing two greatest words in sports game seven but take a look at this what are the two words that are atop the list for the greatest ever scoring performances in those games those two words are Steph Curry and until now the defining game seven of Steph's career was probably the Warriors next opponent LeBron James right Curry and LeBron, they faced off in four different NBA Finals as well as massive play-in games between the Dubs and the Lakers. That was back in 2021. So here's what both sides have to say about this rivalry renewed. I don't know if I enjoy it while I'm in it because uh, I'm so you know, locked in on, 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 on the hand, on, on the task at hand. Um, I mean, I love the game, obviously. That's enjoyable. But um, you know, after the fact, you know, we, we can look back and just look at all the memories that I had you know, playing the game. Uh, you know, going against this Warriors, uh, you know, this franchise, you know, with those, uh, you know, with those three Hall of Famers and, and Steph, Draymond, and Clay, you know, and uh, be able to enjoy those moments for sure. Because you won't be able to get them back when you're done, that's for sure. It's goosebumps, man. Like, you, you, this is what you prepare for, for these moments. And this series against the Lakers is going to be epic. You got Steph, you got Bron doing it all over again. 
What I will say is stop trying to turn the page on us so fast. Stop trying to turn the page on Bron so fast. We get so caught up in what's the next thing that we don't appreciate the, the current. I'm just really excited to stick it to the team I, uh, or at least try to stick to the team that, you know, I grew up rooting for. You know, we're blessed to be playing at this at this level still and excited about a new chapter. Um, two teams trying to, you know, keep your season alive and, and chase a championship, and that's what it's all about. Richard is standing. He's so excited. Uh, no, I'm excited. No, you know what? It's a part it, of him. No, it, it is. I, yes, and I still have PTSD. You know what it is? I was curious as to how many times the Steph versus LeBron, which team was favored in each series. Okay, right, I'm, cu- I'm curious Steph. about I know. it. So I was going to walk over there. Oh, and, and check it out. Okay, okay, so just to be clear, in every series that LeBron has played against Steph, Steph and the Warriors have always been the Vegas favorite. Wow. Every single time. Do you think well, it's going to go down that way this year? I think it will. <laughs> I think it will. But it just it goes to show how great Steph and his and his organization, his team has been, like to be favored every single time. I am delighted that we get this. When they played two years ago in the first ever play-in game, yep. Malika, didn't you think that they were both towards the tail end of their careers? And this not might be the anymore. last time. I don't worry. We know Ramona who asked that question to Draymond. That's okay. Green. It was you. All right. Still to come on NBA today. We're not done talking about this matchup. But how about the Heat? I mean, they knocked off the Knicks yesterday to take home court advantage in the series. So our panel's biggest Ooh. takeaways next. By the way, Richard, I'm going to Miami this next weekend. Are you coming? Oh, no, I'm going to Now you're a hater. All right. No, and then it's the sun setting after a dominant Denver performance. I'm going home. We have the adjustments that need to be made for Phoenix ahead of game two tonight. Plus, the Lakers, the Celtics, they are both chasing banner number 18 this season. So we have an inside look at the pursuit for the two-storied franchises. We'll be right back. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. There are bad feelings between these two teams. Whenever those two teams faced each other, it was always drama. They knew that if they played against our team, we were coming after them. This one's going to get really ugly. And there's a fight right to go. Jeff Van Gundy is on the bottom of the pile. Houston ducks under. Got it! For the third straight year, the Knicks break Miami's heart. The heart out of the New York Knicks. It's always good for the league when there's a Heat Knicks playoff series. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. Rich, what's your favorite city in America? New York City. Mine too. Yeah. Let's go there now. Yeah. Uh, game one between the Heat and the Knicks. A new chapter in a historic rivalry. Remember, there was no Julius Randle for the Knicks in this one. There was Jimmy Buckets, however. Aaron Rodgers, even in attendance at the game, somewhere Greeny is smiling. And then we have early in the third quarter here, Kevin Love doing his best Aaron Rodgers impression. Look, look I, I just want to say this. You, you, you only see it a few times a year. But that is a weapon that very few players, Jokic and him, yep. are the two guys that have the ability to do this. And Kevin has been doing this since his UCLA days. The crazy thing about it and the three consecutive plays that happened in the third quarter, that's when Miami took control of the game. Yep. Yep. They hadn't seen it. They weren't prepared for it. And next thing you that's know, a that dime. that's a dime. On time, but now on they target. understand how they have to get back. So, look, Kevin set the tone. He had some great receivers. Looked like Randy Moss and Tom Brady out there. <laughs> Really was. The Heat up 81-75 after three quarters, and Kyle Lowry loves it. But then a little bit of a scary moment here in the fourth quarter as we bring you there now. Ooh. Keep an eye on Jimmy Butler here because as he drives, he comes down a little funny and comes away holding on to that right ankle. He'd stay down for a good minute here. Take another look at this. Uh. Clearly rolled it there. He would stay in the Not game, rolled into it. make both free throws to put the heat up by five, but he didn't quite look the same after that play, Ramona. Well, I mean, look, Kyle Lowry has been amazing for the Heat during this playoff run, but when you don't have full Jimmy Buckets, it's not going to be the same Heat team. The Heat still were able to pull away in this one, continued the pressure even with a hobbled Jimmy Butler, and the Heat steal game one in New York. But we need an update on some of the injuries coming out of this one. So welcoming back our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, let's start with Jimmy Butler. What's the latest that you're hearing on him? Yeah, Malika, Jimmy Butler with that rolled ankle, a painful injury, uh, some apparent swelling yesterday. Uh, the Heat are going to take this right up until game time on Tuesday uh, before uh, they make a decision about uh, his ability to play in game two. But keep in mind, because the Heat stole game one, they've taken home court advantage, mm -hmm. and they don't play game three until Saturday in Miami. Uh, that would certainly buy uh, Jimmy Butler uh, several more days of rest if he needs that. 
with this uh, painful ankle sprain. Well, then on the other side of things, though, the Knicks now find themselves in an 0-1 hole, and they had that without Julius Randle. So what's the latest on him for Game 2? Ryan Malik, and just the opposite, certainly some more urgency down 0-1 in a, in a Game 2 at home that you just can't lose. You don't want to go back on the road down 0-2. Uh, Julius Randle uh, has been making progress with that sprained ankle. This is the second time in a month you know, he has significantly sprained that ankle. He missed the last five games of the regular season and now again misses game one on Sunday. He was out on the court pregame on Sunday, uh, moving pretty well and starting to certainly, you know, continue to make progress. I think Julius Randle is going to be the same situation, see how he feels before tip on Tuesday. But of course, Certainly more urgency for a Nick team uh, that has got to get a split at home uh, before they head on the road in this conference semifinal. And we know that Julius Randle has earned his reputation as an Iron Man in this league. So if he can possibly be out right. there, he will be. Woj, thank you so much for those updates. And as Woj mentioned, just take a look here at the Heat-Nick schedule. After tomorrow's Game 2, the teams, they get three full days off before Saturday's Game 3. That does buy them a little bit more time because then it's every other day before getting an extra day off leading into a potential Game 7. So back with our entire panel here. And Perk, I want to start with you. The Heat, they took back home court advantage here to start this series. So obviously, if there's no Julius Randle for the Knicks here, there was no Julius Randle there. What do you think the biggest takeaway is from Game 1? Well, I think is the biggest takeaway for me is the Heat culture. I think we don't give enough credit, especially myself, to what the Heat do on a day-to-day basis for, for, for as their player development and finding players that no one else really take a chance on. Think about this for a second. They have four undrafted, they have four guys that were undrafted that are playing heavy minutes in their rotations right now. Duncan Robinson, Gabe, uh, Gabe Vincent, uh, and then you have also uh, High Smith and uh, Max Struess. Those guys were undrafted and getting the opportunity right now and playing great minutes that actually helped them for us getting past the first round and play some good minutes for them last night. And when you look at K-Love, people thought that K-Love was done. When you watch K-Love and when he was in Cleveland coming in off the bench, we didn't know what to expect for us him going to Miami. Kyle Larry, we didn't get a chance to see him throughout the course of the season. When you just think about the culture and the structure that they have to be able to plug and replace and get the best out of guys and put them on in the right positions to be successful, they have one of the best coaches in basketball. Legs, what was your takeaway? Yeah, look, I, I think the Knicks, unfortunately, lost an opportunity here. I thought they had a great opportunity to get this game because the Miami Heat played well. They didn't play great. And when you're at home in a game one, you have a chance to immediately establish momentum. And coming out of that previous series, right, the garden was rocking. Everybody wanted to get out and get ahead in this series. Uh, you really can make a great statement. And, and I just thought they let it slip away for a variety of reasons. I think first, we talked a lot about today the free throw issues. You know, missing eight free throws, that's a big deal in a game that's this tight. I also thought that defensively, 
they didn't do a good enough job of having Gabe Vincent on their whiteboard. And, and now they have to put him there because he and Lowry really gutted them. 38 points you get basically out of your point guard position. Uh, and that's points that's unaccounted for if you're the Knicks going into the game. You're obviously focusing on Butler. You know what Bam is going to bring to the table. You're trying to stay home with a guy like Struess and not let him get going. And Gabe Vincent was very comfortable. And I think that's something now the Knicks are going to have to go back and make that adjustment. But I just felt like on a night when you know Jimmy does get hurt, didn't go off against you, your game plan was pretty good against him, you had an opportunity to put Miami back on their heels a little bit and get that place really rocking with a chance to go up 2-0. Now they're going to have to dig out of a little bit of a hole. Yeah, I thought they shot themselves out of the game. I mean, they were 7 for 34 from behind the three-point arc. Jalen Brunson mm. 0 for 7. And you don't even have to be a good three-point shooting team. You just need to be not bad. That was like, that was a threat. That was really bad by the Knicks in terms of shooting from behind the arc. And, and you're not going to win many games that way. Yeah, no, look, 1 for 5 from Barrett, 0 for 7 from Brunson, 0 for 4 from Hart. You believe that they're going to play, they're going to shoot better. But I'll even say this, they out-rebounded the Miami yep. Heat by 11 without Randall. You add Randall into that, now the rebounding looks a little bit more dominant, and it already was. That allows for more three-point yep. shots, and a lot of those offensive rebounds get kicked out. Those are the best shots that you get. So getting Randall back, having that big on him, and allowing Mitchell to do what he does. I still think that the Knicks are in a very, very good position. I will say this about Miami. I hurt my ankle in a game one win in the postseason against Miami. Tried to gut it out, and I wasn't right until game six. They ended up beating us 4-2, so I think they got that little burst from Jimmy. Should they sit out? Yes. Give them that four days and be like, hey, we're going to push through this, the final part. But to have him gut it out each game, yeah. it's just, again, the, the, the opportunity for tweaking it goes up. And it's just like, dude, it's, you're not going to be right. You're not going to be right for three or four days. <laughs> Hopefully they rest him one and then try and go do what they have to do in and Miami. And they get that stretch off. And I don't want to sound the alarms here, but the Knicks have never won a playoff series after losing the first game at home. They are 0-7. Ooh. That is their series. That's a small That did sound the alarm after losing the first Size. Well, game two is at 7.30 Eastern so, uh, tomorrow, so we'll see if they can even it up. Speaking of game twos, we got one tonight. It's in Denver. Tim Legler, I hear you have the keys for the Suns to avoid going down 0-2, so that's coming up next. Do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Now it's time for today's driven performance presented by Duncan Jamal Murray. He was locked in for the Nuggets in their game one win over the Phoenix Suns. He had a game high 34 points, 28 of which came on jump shots, and he added a game high nine assists as well as Denver getting the win 125 107. So Murray has made a career of torching the Suns. 18 and 3 against Phoenix, his best record against Ooh. any Western opponent. But Denver is just 1 and 8 against the Sun in games he misses, including that 2021 series sweep. And also Murray's 21.7 points per game against the Suns. They're his most against any opponent. So game two, that is going down tonight. I have some help here. I have Kendrick Perkins. I have Tim Legler. I have Richard Jefferson here to discuss. So, Perk, I'm going to start with you here. What do you think is going to be the key for the Suns heading into this one? The key for them, period, yes, and that's uh, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, he has a minus. He had a minus twenty-one on the stats. I don't get caught up in the plus-minus, but he had the worst out of any team. And if I'm Monty Williams, the only thing that I'm showing DeAndre Ayton is film on Kevon Looney. This is how I want you to play on both ends of the floor. I need you to be a dominant force in the interior. I need you to anchor my defense. And I need you to go grab every single rebound. That's all I need out of you. I need you to play like a big man, like a grown man in the paint. Not the videos that we saw circling around with zero help. Right. That's kind of what we saw going viral on the internet this weekend. And then on the flip side, you've spent a lot of time with the Denver Nuggets. Richard, what's the key for them? Okay, I just look, look I'm gonna snitch here for a second. The Denver Whoa. Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, after go, you watch them out. Well, the Denver Nuggets, after going to the conference finals, right? Then the next couple of years, they were injured. And let me just say this to an organization and to a man, you would see them and they'd be like, man, these dudes ain't that nice. Jamal Murray's injured. Michael Porter's injured. All of these guys truly believe as a man from the coach to Jamal to Michael Porter to Jokic that if they were healthy, they would have either a finals, conference finals or championship under their belt these last two years. So to see these guys come out and play Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray is going out there playing like he feels like he's been disrespected for the last two years. Like you guys don't know who I am. 34 and nine, number one across from, from literally Jan one, number one team. You know they got the MVP, Jamal Murray's playing like an all-star. They've got a, a legit lineup, but there is an edge to them that I don't think anybody is accounting. They truly feel disrespected over the last two years and maybe partly because of this season that they would either be a champion or a conference finalist if they were healthy. So they're going out there with something to prove. And Jamal Murray, trust me, he would look in his eyes. You saw their record with Jamal Murray playing against the Suns. Then his record without playing against, when he's not playing against the Suns. You don't think Jamal Murray was sitting over there watching them lose last year? Like, if I was playing in this mm -hmm. game, things would be different. And this is his opportunity to prove it. Not to mention, we've heard him say, I don't want to hear about the pre and post bubble version of Jamal Murray. It is the same guy, the same player. Be and he's real. playing like it. Tim, I almost feel silly asking you this question. How can the Suns slow Jamal Murray down? Man, oh man, that's an easy, that's a easier said than done, and right. I'm going to try to make something that's extremely complicated sound easy. But the bottom line is this. I thought everything Phoenix did in that game was a reaction to what Denver was doing, and that's a big difference than dictating to teams what you're going to allow them to do defensively. They were soft. There was very little physical contact at the point of attack. They didn't really hit him with any sort of uh, effective blitzes in the game. 
He got into that rhythm, and Richard's alluding to that look in his eye. You know, I'm a big dog lover. I got three dogs, and there's an alpha at all times, and one of those is going to mark the territory. That's what Jamal Murray did in that first game. He's marking his territory and saying, I'm the best player on the floor, yep. even though we've got other guys that have been alphas throughout their careers. We've got a two-time MVP as a teammate. I am the best player on the floor right now, and if Jamal Murray keeps playing like this, not only will they win this series, they can win the whole thing if he's going to play this well. So it's starts with him, much more physical, dictate to Denver a little bit more, uh, pressure the basketball a little bit more. I just thought Phoenix was on their heels the entire game, and they never at any point disrupted anything Denver did. We've talked about Phoenix's talent all year long, but there is a reason that the Denver Nuggets mm -hmm. are the number one seed. Yeah. They sure as heck are playing like it. All right, Tim Legler, thank you so very much for spending some time with us. Still to come on our show, we have two of the most storied franchises, their pursuit of banner number 18. Kurt Goldsberry dives into a history that's on the line for both the Lakers and the Celtics. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In sports, 18, it is so much more than just a number. It is rarefied air. And in the NBA, it's actually never been reached before. But for the Lakers and the Celtics, could this finally be the year? Kirk Goldsberry has more. 18, 1-8. It's just a number, right? No, not anymore. At least not in the NBA in 2023, not up here or down here. 18 is more than just a number in Boston and in Los Angeles. Yes, sir! Jack Nicholas has 18 majors, but no NBA team can say that. At least not yet. The Celtics and Lakers are both stuck on 17. We have the two most storied franchises in NBA history. It doesn't get any better than this. The Cosmic Highway toward 18 started in 1946 with the birth of what would become known as the National Basketball Association. The Minneapolis Lakers won a fistful of rings in the league's first eight seasons. One thing that cannot go on, the Lakers cannot beat us. And there they go, they've won it between 1959 and 1966, the Celtics won eight in a row, establishing themselves as the best franchise in pro basketball. Numerologists call 18 the Angels number. Goodrich passes under to Wilt. He puts it up and slams it. In 1972, the Lakers ended an 18-year title drought, winning their first title after their move to 
the city of angels. I hate it, Larry. No other word to really use. And I dislike the Celtics. In 1979, both teams reloaded with generational talents that elevated pro basketball forever. In tandem, Bird and Magic won eight combined titles. Magic's just a great basketball player. He's the best I've ever seen. The 90s belonged to 23, but the aughts brought another great run for LA. Donio makes a power move. Thank y'all for believing in us, and we're gonna get one next year too. In 2008, Boston won their 17th crown at the expense of their rivals. They had a chance to get 18 two years later, but Kobe Bryant had other plans. I knew we were going to win first. This is supposed to happen. Boston hasn't won since 08. The Lakers have. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. In October of 2020, LeBron James, in his 17th season, helped the Lakers win their 17th title, evening the score which remains the same today as both story franchises again find themselves with the familiar chance, the chance for 18. The Celtics are the favorite to win it all this year, but here's a fun fact for you, Richard. This is the first time since seeding began that all eight seeds, they're represented in the conference semifinal round. So a little the more you know. Yeah, it is the more you know, and there's a reason for that. Half these teams are underachieving. <laughs> NBA Today will be right back. They underachieved for 82 games. That's why. NBA Today that. is presented by Levi's, celebrating 150 years of the 501G. So who can stop Steph Curry? Hopefully we'll never find out. Three-pointer. of all time showed us once again what he's capable of doing as he chases his fifth ring. So nearly 24 hours have gone by. I still can't get enough of this Steph Curry performance, but I understand that a one Mr. Richard Jefferson. Yeah, I got a new seg segment for us. I got a new segment for us. Okay. It's called Richard's oh. Receipts. It's a Monday, so we like to bring the receipts from what happened on the weekend. Can you roll the tape? Absolutely. All guards in the postseason when it matters the most. Jalen Bronson. We go with Jimmy Buck. Number three. Run it. Bam! Green eyes sad. Steph has been struggling just a little bit. De'Aaron Fox. D-Book. D-Book. Four titles. Two no, MVPs. No, 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 no. Two playoff wins. No <laughs> disrespect. We're living in the moment. We're mm. talking about the now. We tried to tell you. What nonsense were you writing? With all due respect to D-Book and De'Aaron. Steph, Cur Steph Wardell Curry? Like, how many records you need? How many championships? What you need? What I'm saying is that like, you had him as the no, best guard. I, I, you had him. No, you had him I, as the third I, best not, guard I, in the I, in the no, postseason. No sir. No sir. No sir. You, you would not get away with that. First thing first is that we went off of the games that was already being played. Devin Booker was leading the league and played in points in the playoffs. Y'all not about to try to set me okay, up. Okay, look, this. look, look. Nice we try, set though. you up. You, you were nice in try. the studio. Hey, no. let me tell you this. What's Man, the word of the David day? Booker, the word of the David day is bamboos, Perk. So, no. poof. 
Peace. Vamos. We'll see you tomorrow. Nice try.